0: hello and welcome to the stoked
1: on spokes podcast the stoked on Spokes podcast the stoked on spokes podcast
0: the stoked on spokes podcast. podcast
1: wait like sos well it's about ride, gear, races community and so much more
2: this is the stoked on spokes podcast let's get rolling
1: hello and welcome to the 46th episode of the stoked on spokes podcast today i'm joined by members of the ignition race team drew dillman hannah Ahrensman, and gus Bertadic. how are you doing today great
3: good awesome
1: doing good we were cold before and then we rode our bikes and now we're not
4: so cold can you please introduce yourself and give me your bicycle background who do you want to start? Me? Drew Dillman from Fairdale, Kentucky. Started biking when I was like 10 or 11. Mom was just an accountant at a bike shop. I got a bike for a birthday and started mountain biking and then when I was like 15 somebody said you should go do
3: cyclocross and then I did that and then I did some road and here we are. I'm Gus Bertetic. I kind of started because my dad and I used to, I used to live in Omaha, Nebraska. So. There's like a big mountain bike scene there, like with Leadville and Dakota 5.0. So like growing up, always going to those races. Then I decided, like when we moved to Kentucky, we saw all like the races at Eva Bannerman. Kind of just got inspired like watching there. So like one year, I was watching. I just decided to race it, and then after that, I kind of just started racing it. After that, probably like eleven, twelve-ish. Weren't your first bikes Katie Antonos? Yeah, yeah. He bought. <laughs> they bought Katie Antino's old bikes
4: because he was so small at the time that he fit her bikes. I thought. I think that's hilarious. Yeah,
0: carbon wheels. Yeah, be, it, was
3: like, it was so nice. So nice.
0: Hannah Arnsman. I'm from Valdez, North Carolina, and I cut <laughs> my teeth and cross because I was a triathlete. As a kid, I could not handle my bike to save my life. I'd slow down to walking speed going around corners. It was it was hilarious. They were coaxing me around the corners in the individual time trial part of the time triathlon. They're like, How about some off road biking? And I was like, Oh, I get to go get muddy and ride through potholes and nobody will be mad at me? Heck yeah So that and that was like when I was like eleven, so I've been doing it since. You've come a really long way
4: as a former triathlete you're pretty good at handling your bike
0: <laughs> well I've, i became good a uh, pretty good triathlete because of it because yeah. like oh i can i'm not scared of these corners anymore
1: yeah that's awesome how did you guys first meet each other do you remember gus was like a little
4: wee pip at the uh <laughs> Revo devo practices and i would use to help help coach those um like tuesdays and thursdays i think or every tuesday or something we would just do cross practices with a bunch of kids and and then one season, he was, like, taller than I was, so, and faster than I was. Yeah, so just watching him develop when he was younger was was pretty cool. And then Hannah, man, I've known you for, for a long time, but I don't know where we first met. I, mean, I don't either. I know we raced for, like, one year collegiate against each other, but, but I knew you before then. It, it just had to be from cyclocross, you know, like, I've been racing cross forever, she's been racing cross forever, and there's only so many cross races, so you end up crossing paths at the cross races
0: yeah so. i remember we would always be like oh there's drew there's he's really cool like he was more you were always more than a well you were always more That's than a racer yeah. because i was like you there's certain people that you look up to a little bit because they're good on and off the bike wow and like you live what you preach you know you preach christianity and you live that wow. lifestyle instead of you know just saying and then doing something else and so we always appreciate. I remember me and my family, because me and my sister always raced, we were like, oh, that's kind of something to look up to, so.
4: Wow. Yeah. I'm blushing. That's awesome. <laughs> I do <laughs> But you were also a good racer. I do remember your mom coming up to me at a collegiate race, okay. and, and, and everybody on the Marion bus was like, hey, Drew, your mom's here. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Who is this lady? And I had no idea who she was. And she's like, by the way, I'm I'm the armsman's mom. I just wanted to stop and say hi. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. My mom couldn't come to a race, but somebody else's mom came and said good luck to me. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I always remember it was fun because you and Tobin and Curtis always had this rivalry going. Yeah. And that was always super interesting to watch. Pan yeah. out. You're we like, all right, what kind of a tussle are they going to get into this time?
4: Yeah. yeah some that's good a, times. That's a pretty long held rivalry. If you watch before the race, I do this thing. One year at some camp, I said, like, I made some reference to, like, I like to shake the hands of the people to my left and to my right right before the start. And I'll say, like, oh, hey, like, good luck. Shake their hands or give them a fist bump. And, and really, what I mean when I say good luck is, I'm uh, good crushing. and so but I said that out loud at some point and they heard me and so at, before U23 Nats when all three of us were like head-to-head head for the win I, I turned to, to Curtis on my left and he shook his hand and he said oh screw you man and he wouldn't shake my hand and I turned to toe it on my right and I was gonna say good luck and he just looked at me and said screw you man (laughs) oh dear it was like perfect you're Mm -hmm. like oh because they knew exactly what it meant and it was like perfect
0: they're like no we're not gonna shake that and there's
4: actually if you go I noticed this like last week because I was trying to look at the replays from this race but if you go back to on youtube and look up usa cycling asheville nationals i think it was like 2016 the 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 thumbnail for that picture is me sticking my hand out to shake curtis's hand and he's not looking at me he was ignoring me (laughs) it was it's hilarious if if you if you look at the detail it's pretty funny
0: i just enjoyed like watching the actual action on the course because you guys would always just be like going at it it was be like such an interesting race you're like i don't know who's gonna win
4: yeah yeah that was a fun year for sure i think like curtis won the most races but i won pan ams and then tobin won nats so like it was like spread spread so at nats like everybody's like it could be anybody's race and tobin won it's
1: cool so how have these friendships developed over the years? I mean, obviously, you're all on the same team now. Are those friendships the real reason why this team was kind of formed?
4: I don't know. I think everybody's good. It's, I was looking for, you know, legit riders, but I was also looking for, like, somewhat of convenience. You know, like, I don't want to sponsor somebody like Tobin, who's in California, and it'd be a pain just for me and him to link up to try to get to races and all that. And I was kind of thinking, like, one rider per race category. So that's kind of what we—that's, like— I don't know, general consensus. And then I just reached out to these guys. Gus was easy because he's in Louisville. I've been coaching him for years. So that was easy. And the the good thing about Gus is if you get Gus, you get Kevin. And so that's kind of the deal of like, I'll sponsor Gus, but (laughs) you kind of have to like help be our mechanic. And we were supposed to have another mechanic, but that fell through. So Kevin has really been like, a, a, you know like a saving grace all season like he's just awesome very encouraging and then Hannah I've just, yeah I've just known her for years she's obviously like proven herself as an elite racer last year she got fourth at Nats and that really stood out to me and I was like oh man if we could get her get her develop her and like help her get to the next level that would
1: be pretty sweet Hannah Gus any thing to add to that
3: me and Drew known each other for a while but I didn't know Hannah up until this year so not much connection but we but now really, they're best
1: friends. Yeah, we're best friends now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty fun getting to be on this team.
1: Let's talk about Ignition Racing. I mean, we've talked about this before, Drew. The big reason to, make, for under, to do it under Ignition was one, two, for your coaching company, but out of that, you kind of did a team two also that's been supported by Texas Roadhouse, your road team. Yeah, the main reason it's called Ignition is because Rick DeLatener doesn't sound cool. They're really like, you
4: know, like, they're the ones that are putting in a lot of the support. Ignition just sounds really cool, and that's the company that, that me and Dylan Johnson started, and so, it's awesome that, that my, my sponsors were cool with me calling the team Ignition because that's huge for me. You know, like, that just broadcasts the company that I'm trying to grow right now even more. That's, that's one of the goals behind the team is, like, if, if, if we can make Ignition more of a household name for coaching and then maybe, you know, people see us racing and they're like, oh, that's a coaching company – the idea is that hopefully people start calling us to sign up for coaching and i've had a lot of people like really help me in years like if i if i'm gonna be at the races and i'm gonna have all the gear and and all that like and i can and it's not that much more effort to help support some more riders than like to me it was like yeah why not And there's not that many cross teams in the game now you know like with with cannondale folding there's really only a handful of like a handful of like you know multi-rider teams you you know like the privateer thing is like really become i guess the model and that works but i you know i, I don't know i just want to optimize resources and i feel like if you're gonna have a camper and a mechanic and bikes and all this stuff if you can support three risers versus just one you're just kind of getting more bang for your buck i don't know
3: with like the first year of racing it's like awesome because i never had support like this but it's definitely good like having two teammates to like when you pre-ride and stuff, and like I don't know, just like sharing, because most of the time I'll race early, so like I can share stuff about my race, and it just helps out a lot. I think, yeah, it's awesome being on a team with like this much support.
0: Yeah, I echo that. It's definitely huge. Cycling is a is a sport that you really can't do solo. It, it takes a it takes a, a team and a village, and yeah, this this team has has been that. It's. It allows it allows us to put all our hard work to use and and actually you know help each other develop as well. So it's pretty cool.
1: Now there's more to this this team than you three. There's also what another elite women's racer. There's some masters guys.
4: Yeah, I mean those guys are uh, all three of those riders are riders I coach. So I was like, oh yeah, you guys we'll give you a kit and uh, well, but but the two masters guys, Kurt and Chad, have supported me. They supported me last year and really Kurt is a lot of the reason why the team exists to be honest. A lot of the connections to, to rigged and to Leitner and to some of the other sponsors has been through him. so he's helped me helped me make some of those connections and he supports the team. I mean like he's he's really like the the main factor behind behind the team. So I mean I can't can't thank him enough, Kurt, Kurt Dossier for for all the support. And then Emily Emily Leonard, I've just coached her for a long time and she just wanted she just wanted a people to hang out with at races. She's like, if I'm gonna go to races and finish mid-pack, you know, slog through the cross season, I wanna do it with people and have fun off the bike. And so I was like, yeah, like, you should, we want that too. So I was like, and it it wasn't anything to support her. She she works full-time too, so she can only do a handful of the big races, so. But it was awesome having her around. She's she's super positive. I think her and Hannah connected really well.
0: So yeah, I mean it's it's
4: a it's a good group of people.
0: She's been pretty fun to have at some of the races, go pre ride with her. Yeah. And it's it's been a it's been a fun time. Lots of laughs come out of it, just like messing around.
1: What are the goals for this team for this season and in the future? And the seasons, that's a big question. I think like overall, I think
4: all of us wanna keep getting better. So going into the season this year it was like definitely like we all want to keep getting better. That's a goal. But also I think just having fun. Like I don't want to lose sight of why we started racing. I think it's so easy, at least for me, to get so wrapped up in results and races and it's like, oh World Cup this weekend, UCI this weekend, this, and then you're like training and it's easy to lose sight of like, why do I do this? And you know, we have fun with it. Like Hannah said, we're I'm here to to here to represent God and to do that well. And I do that better when I'm having fun. Uh, when I'm not having fun, I'm probably not honoring God that well. So, you know, I want that to be the main, the main thing. I think, and I think we've done a pretty good job of doing that. I've, I've had fun this year, so I'd say that's the goal. And then for this weekend, I had, you know, I looked at the results from last year, and and all of us did pretty well at Nats, but all of us were like a hair off the podium. So, you know, kind of the one of the thinking behind recruiting the three of us was maybe all three of us could could land on the podium at Nationals. now that would be like mission accomplished. That would be awesome. So I think that's the goal for this weekend for all three of us to be on the podium of our respective races.
3: I'm gonna try. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well I mean yeah we're all gonna try. It's not gonna be easy. But that's that's yeah. the point of goals. Is like you set a hard goal and then oh, yeah. go for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah no I definitely echo what uh Drew said about the whole purpose behind racing is more than just for yourself like it's it's the gift that god's given me so this is what i i use to glorify him one of the things but no too is like well with that you just go and do it as best you can and like that getting to do opportunities like this is more than just yourself but seeing how you can give other people a leg up to you know your friends and the, your teammates how you can help get them to the get them the edge on the the race and yeah and be there for them so yeah i know it's, it's a lot of fun It's just like i love the, this the team aspect of it because oftentimes cyclocross can be such an individual sport so actually having a team to get to to do this with makes it feel a lot less selfish no it'd be nice to land on the podium but ultimately if we're all throwing up when we get over the line i think that'll be accomplishment too
1: <laughs> are there any goals going forward past this weekend into next year. I mean, hopefully you're not, you know, going to cut any someone after this. Like, some teams have done that before. <laughs> like what? All right, Hannah. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> Carrie Warner got cut from Raleigh Clement the oh. day after Nationals in <laughs> Asheville, I think. I don't know.
4: This is the first year that I've run a team and it was definitely a lot. Like, it's a, it takes a lot of, like, logistics and energy and, budget you know so I've, I haven't thought about next year all that much I think it's probably something we'll all just kind of sit down and talk about after the season we'll probably do like big of it, like valuation of the season how did how do we think this played out you know yeah what would what would 2023 look like part of that is going back to the sponsors and seeing if they if they thought if they're gonna keep supporting the team so nothing's nothing's like solid it's not like the Cannondale Cross World team where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna sponsor a team for 30 years. <laughs> this is year one. So yeah, I guess we'll just play it. I wait, I, honestly, I haven't even thought about it. I'm going to Europe over Christmas block. I think Hannah's trying to make the world's team. So our season doesn't end this weekend, that's for sure. So
1: that's what we're thinking about. I think, I think honestly, we're definitely just trying to finish out this season strong. Was there any lead in or training that went into this weekend or is it just the accumulation of what you've already been doing this season? Drew's got a good one. Because Drew did a video (laughs) mentioning my podcast, saying that it kind of spurred that. I really did
4: appreciate that. Yes, block periodization is like somewhat of a Hail Mary. That's what I called it. I've heard Dylan talk about it numerous times. He's implemented it a few times, but it's like like a risky thing. But I'm at the point in my career where I'm like, I gotta be a little more risky. Like, I I don't want to keep settling for right off the podium. If I could do something a little risky, and it's the difference between sixth and third. Then I think that's worth it. I don't want to just keep getting sixth over, over, over. So I did that. I, you know, I really thought it through. I talked to Dylan. He kind of like looked it all over and gave it the thumbs up. He said he, he says he thinks it's going to work. He said it's, He said it was worth worth a shot. So basically, what is block periodization? It's like a five day block of just training really hard, which normally in a given week I only do two hard workouts. So to do five in a row with some added volume is definitely more than I've ever done, at least in a long time. And so like, you have to do that with a lot of recovery. So I did it two weeks even before the NCGP race. I think I did it like the, the first or, I think it was the second week of November. So it's been over a month since I've did that. And I think if you do it right, it's a huge training stimulus stimulus on your body, but then you give your body three or four four weeks to recover from it. And you should gain some adaptations from that. So that's the thinking. That was my strategy. It's kind of like like I said Hail Mary. It's not a typical, typical way to prep for Nats. But the, the, the fact that
3: there weren't any races in November besides NCGB made it made it even more doable. But I did a lot of like lower back stuff just because that's been like my main struggle this year. So I did a lot of like not just stretching but like a lot of the gym work on my back. So hopefully this is like a big tester to see like how that helped or not hopefully it did but yeah. we'll see it's definitely a big struggle <laughs>
0: just normal normal training I mean coach always has a bit of a <laughs> spike right before it's like some some hard weeks just before and then come off that and taper hard so it worked for the last 12 years so that's what we that's what it do it's a little different it, it can mean because he's coached me since I was a junior so you know it as a as an elite just like drew like he's he's doing some different stuff a little bit maybe a little bit longer a little more intense but yeah ultimately I mean we all do some hard stuff and some endurance stuff because you know during cross you you lose a little bit of that endurance ability because you're racing every every weekend so yeah it is it's good to get some of those longer longer rides in and then hard efforts and yeah I think we're all ready haze in the barn racing tomorrow i
1: like that haze in the barn so was there a reason why this team was formed around cyclocross besides the fact that's what you guys love racing the most that's it (laughs) i think it's just there's not any teams i think i don't know about me but i
4: didn't have any like nobody's calling me to try to get me on a team so if i didn't do this it'd be you know i'm just doing my own thing so i think yeah i think that's the main thing is just that I saw I see that there's this huge gap. There's not many teams in Cross. I love Cross. I want there to be. I want to see Cyclocross keep growing. I don't think Cross is dead. I don't even think it's close to dead. Just so, look at those
0: junior fields out there. <laughs>
4: yeah. So I you know, I want to I, I just want to create something that that hopefully hopefully makes an impact on the sport in the US. Specifically on the elite level, because I, I feel like there's so many junior teams there's so many u23 teams but as soon as somebody turns 23 it's like well you're on your own (laughs) right and i've thought about that so much i you know obviously i've gone through that hannah's now gone through that and it's like when you turn 23 A lot of stuff happens all at the same time. Usually you graduate college and you have to find your own place to live, which means you have to find money to pay for that own place to live and food to put in that own place to live because there's not a dorm and there's not a cafeteria. And so, and all, and that's all when you happen, that all happens when you turn 23. Oh, and by the way, we're gonna stop sponsoring you because you're just too old. You know, like, it's just unfortunate that there's not much elite sponsorship happening. It's like, We support all these juniors and these 23s and as soon as they turn 23 it's like well you know you're too old and it's like no like I'm 28 and I feel I feel like people think I'm old but Stephen Hyde didn't even win his first national championship until he was 27 which means he won he won when he was 27 28 and 29 so I'm right there in the prime ages of an elite rider but I feel like people have kind of already discounted me and I'm like an old guy in the group you know so (laughs) so
0: ancient Drew I see the gray hairs.
4: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's a little bit of like behind the, I don't know, personally,
1: I want to sponsor your leads because I feel like that's where the, the gap is. We talked about this at Kings, but is there going to be any Athletes in Action stuff this weekend that you might be spearheading or know of? I'm not spearheading anything because like, already just getting
4: here 13 hours and pulling the camper and doing all the logistics from the team stuff has been enough you know so i don't want to over over you know i can only do so much i i wish you know i wish i could and i don't think like brad or brian the guys that that usually run those i don't think either of them are here this weekend because it's you know they're in colorado so this is pretty far ways out but I know you know a lot of other Christians that are out there racing, like like Lance Hayden, Scott McGill, like guys who are pretty plugged in with AIA. I'll probably try to find some of those guys and pray with them for the race and encourage each other. So that'll be happening, and that naturally happens, like with friendship. You know, like me and Lance are good friends, and so I you know I want to spend time with him and pray with him, and so that'll be happening just naturally. But
1: but nothing, nothing. I don't think there's any kind of like set stone chapel or anything like that. Have you taken on the? nickname forrest gump or was it just something that's naturally happened i I don't know why but for whatever reason in january i was like i'm just gonna not shave
4: (laughs) my hair was getting longer and longer so i was thinking i guess i thought it would just look cool like if you're gonna have nappy long hair you might as well have a nappy long beard with it it was like it just kept going i was like keep it going and like march rolled around and so it's getting kind of long and one of my buddies back home was like man you looking like forrest gump dude I was like, oh, that's a good costume idea. And if I just let it go for the rest of the year, by the time October comes, it'll be real ragged. And so I think I shaved, I think I trimmed it once over the summer. Because CJ, my wife, was like, it's, it's, it's really bad. You gotta trim it. So I trimmed it <laughs> over the summer. And then that was the only time I trimmed it until Halloween. But you know, a couple weeks before Halloween was a trek cup. And that didn't even occur to me until like literally a week before the race. I'm like legends race that's even better than halloween and so i planned it all i like went and got the shoes and the costume i even did a mid lap i didn't do a bike so i ran a whole lap and then even mid lap i changed because if you watch that scene like i did multiple times where he runs across the country like eight times or whatever it is he his he He goes through like 10 different outfits. In like a two minute scene, he's wearing like 10 different outfits. So I'm like, man, I can just pick and choose. So I started in like, I kind of went backwards, but I started in when he's like, when at the very end when he's like, I think I'm done running. He's got like the full on drench coat and he just looks real nappy. I started in that practically because i was cold and then halfway through the lap after i ran a mile started to warm up and under that i had like gym shorts and a a running shirt and because if you watch the movie that was another when he's getting interviewed he he's wearing like this running suit so that's what i had halfway through and i had a bubba gump hat on and obviously the beard and the hair which is what made it and they let me start the race like like i was the like if a race were to go on a gunshot, I was the gunshot, which was, like, pretty cool. Like when Ellen Forrest like, Gump oh, gets to the grass. She went ahead and started, and she let me run, and then she said, when he hits the grass, the race will start. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. And it was all Gus's idea, because I was, like, ten rows back, just in the middle of the pack, and he was like, dude, you should go to the front. So right, like a minute before the start, I kind of, finig- I don't have a bike, so it's super easy. I just finagled my way and got to the start line, and I did like a running pose, and Alan was like, whoa, Forrest Gump just showed up. <laughs> I was like, this
3: is awesome. Well, you had no bike and a good costume, so I was like, why is he starting in the middle of the pack? Like, Yeah. So it was not good, but... It was
4: cool. I don't know if I'm going to do it again next year or not. I don't think my wife will let me like grow my beard out like that again, <laughs> but... Yeah. Somebody asked me, are you going to do it again next year? And I was like, no, what would be even better if I just don't shave for a whole nother year and showed up as like Gandalf or like Dumbledore? That would be pretty awesome. <laughs> and just dye your hair white? Yeah, do, Yeah. exactly. Dye it all white or or if I age enough over the next year, according to Hannah, maybe I'll just have gray <laughs> hair. <laughs> Got him. But what if I like turn my bike into a dragon? and oh, But too late. I already shaved my beard, so we can't do that.
0: That's a whole year, man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> you can all, you can always just buy a white beard, you know. Uh yeah, that's it. I guess that's an option, but that's not full commitment. Man.
0: Full committed did to you, dyeing your hair white when you you're see, thirty. The,
4: did you see the other costume that I did on on actual Halloween Day? I was gonna do this at Major Taylor because Major Taylor was two days, so I was gonna dress up as Forrest Gump one day and then this other costume the second day, but I didn't because it was too cold and and I guess you know adults don't really dress up for for Halloween. <laughs> We got Andy, my daughter, an all-white onesie and plastered Wilson on the cover on the front of her white onesie, and then I walked around without a shirt on and like some ragged pants and my hair down, uh, and like a and like a UPS box. So I was I was like I was Tom Hanks from Forrest Gump, but I was also Tom Hanks from Castaway with Wilson,
1: and she was my little Wilson. That was pretty good. Gus, Hannah, has there been anything else to uh, kind of highlight this year besides you know Drew's antics? <laughs> for me,
3: there hasn't been too much exciting stuff. But I think Trek was a, it was a really, it's always a fun race for me. So, like, I we had, I think we had a break, like a week break before Trek. And it was like, I was dealing with a lot of back problems. And I did, I got, like, a really good bike fit. And so, I come to that race, I like really wanted to do good. And there was like, really good competition. I think that was one of my better races of the season. I could have finished better, but I kind of, like, made a mistake on my end. But still, like, in my head like my back was feeling a lot better so that was like a really big accomplishment that race especially just like coming off only a week break to like fix something with your back it was pretty it was good but that's about it for me
0: i bunny hopped the barriers a couple times at some races it's <laughs> pretty stoked about that
4: <laughs> fayetteville but fayetteville and indy more In, than, or more than track. Track. fayetteville
0: trek. and indy In, i wasn't at trek oh that's right the yeah. trek ones were
1: were so
3: seeming
0: yeah. the the Trek ones oh. last year were the first ones I had ever bunny hopped in oh, a race, wow. and I did it at a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I was like,
3: yeah. Oh, you this, were at
0: Trek when your sisters
4: got married. That's right. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was at a wedding. <laughs> yep.
0: Got to be there. I think that was the only two I did bunny hop them in practice at King's Cross. I just didn't. Oh. They were just too slow for. I didn't. I wasn't doing fast enough for the race, so I I just ran them during the race, but. I did go over the bars a couple times. Yeah, oh. practicing and I was like, "Oh, this is fun." We don't yeah. have to talk I like lessons. About those, baby. Oh
4: yeah, Gus tried to warm <laughs> up and he went tv
0: Oh, you then- did too,
3: dude. Go I ahead. like it was an idiotic move. I like instead of trying to tap my front and back, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna hit it." Clear. I'm gonna try to clear it, oh, but dear. I did not have the speed, so I like overcompensated for it and just like completely rode the front wheel and then.
0: Yeah. First barrier or second barrier? First
3: barrier. Oh. But we, what happened on the... Yeah. Oh. I, mine's even worse. I was like... <laughs> I'm
4: usually on the safer side of things. I'm like, eh, they're too tall. I'm just going to run them. And, and I didn't think it really was that... Like Hannah said, I didn't think it was that much of an advantage for the risk. You know, risk-reward is always like an equation you do in your head. And I usually lean more towards on the... well, eh, I'm going to play this safe. I've crashed enough over the barriers to know I don't want to do that too often. <laughs> but... On, the, on day two, you know, I was like off the front and had a gap. And on the last <laughs> lap of the whole weekend, some kid, like literally as I'm going into that turn into the barriers, some kid was like, hop the barriers. And I was like okay and just like out of nowhere just tur- did the turn and was like I can do this I'm going to show them who's boss and I flipped over the second one so and of course the announcers are making a big dream
0: deal down. oh my gosh dream gentlemen's just
4: crashed <laughs> and I'm like it wasn't a big deal like I had I knew I had enough gap to where if I crashed like worst case scenario I crashed break my bike I think I still could have made it to the finish line in just enough time but look like hey you gotta
0: bike- do something for the kids you know yeah
4: that was my main thinking was like this kid wants me to so like i'm kinda.
0: that's uh, what i did in practice is i tagged the second one and went over <laughs> yeah
4: yeah so those were tricky they were just tall and close together so it was weird but that's definitely not a highlight i don't even know why we're talking about that right now <laughs> why are we talking about i mentioned true, something we,
0: about yeah. bunny hopping oh, berries. Yeah, yeah
4: so yeah hannah's the best bunny hopper out of all of us nope so, gus uh, is
0: <laughs> Dude,
4: he
1: can do it at speed. Yeah, oh, I, I think I'm like I look the like worst. a dying
0: duck, but I get over it. Yeah.
1: So are this weekend's barriers absolutely not? Are problem. they possible or not no. really?
0: Well, I'm sure they are possible. Yeah. They're I, not fast.
1: No, I don't. Yeah,
3: they are definitely gonna be hard. It's hard to even run them. I feel like you're about to like roll your ankle. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: it's it's a frozen right. over yeah. there. Yeah, it's
3: like frozen footsteps that are frozen like pockets inches deep. So there's a lot of places like that in the course. I'd that be impressed. Frozen. I'd be impressed with somebody. Someone will pull it off in my race. I bet that uh, always, that carry. always happens. I don't know.
1: It seems like the majority of the 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids are the ones that you know just yeah. They have that. They don't. They don't care if they yeah. get hurt because they're you know they're made <laughs> know. out of good dreams and bubble gum right now. So you no, know, nothing bad really happens yeah. to them.
3: Like at trick. <laughs> i was like watching drew's race i was like dude nobody's riding these stairs like why is it like maybe like two or three people out of like the whole world cup field were riding these stairs and then like in my race i'm like dude i'm getting gapped on these stairs like everybody like the top five's riding them and like fast too faster than i could even run them so i was like
4: yeah there were vander or matthew vandenham rode them in front of me one lap and i I actually passed it yeah and so it's yeah i think it's just a speed difference you know like no offense, but your race is a little slower than our race. Yeah. <laughs> so for them, if they ride them, um, it's not, it's not a, an advantage or a disadvantage. But in our race, it was a clear disadvantage if you rode them because you had to slow down so much. Yeah. I don't know. There definitely are more juniors hopping the barrier. Like, I've noticed it seems like there's more juniors hopping the barriers than in the elite race. Like, at Rochester, the, those things were huge. Dude and yeah. a, i was wa- you know i was watching gustus race and the first three guys come and they're all one two three right behind each other and boom 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 they all three so they do it flawless
3: I'm like, too it's so oh hard it's gosh. so hard to compete yeah and
4: man. i was like how are these kids so good at this stuff but i don't know i mean i feel like i've just gotten older and and don't want to take as many risks as <laughs> yeah. i used
3: next to, year so. next year they're gonna be coming to get you
1: yeah seriously so do you guys have any predictions for this weekend for yourself or is it just that you know everyone's top three
3: I got a good prediction, Curtis, your- Curtis White second place, <laughs>
4: definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might have to edit that out. Uh, no. He's going to come for you. Dude, dude, I hope he does. For your own safety, we're going to have to edit that no.
3: out. <laughs> no, I, wa- I, I do, I don't know, I really like Curtis, I hope he wins one, but I don't know, it'd be good to see Drew do good too, but I want Curtis to win one before like it's too late. Before it's too
4: late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, it's too late. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty cool battle to see between Brunner and White. I think White, in all honesty, I think White wants it more than any of us. Yeah, probably you anybody. See it in his, like, you can yeah. see it in his eyes yeah. when He's, he races. He wants it so bad. So
3: even in pre-ride, like, seeing him today at pre-ride, he is so focused. Like, it's yeah. a good thing, but, like, he is so dialed, like... On, he needs to win like yeah. a national championship. If somebody could
4: win just purely based off of how bad they want to win, he'd it, win. Yeah, he'd win for <laughs> like, sure. I can tell that <laughs> he just wants it more than, than all of us, and so I think you can see that. So it'll be good. It'll be a good battle between those two, and then I think third place is like yeah. a huge question mark. So I'm, you know, obviously, I'm hoping that I can slide in there for third, try to squeeze that first ever podium at nationals. So yeah, but it's gonna be a hard battle. You know, you've got. Carrie, Lance, Caleb, me, Brandon, Scott, Scott, uh, Scott, McGill, like a lot of people who could get third. Not to say like we, we can't get first or
1: second either, but I just, I feel like that third spot is a huge question mark. Do you think the Scots are going to play a factor in Eric's ability to win of McGill and Funston? Because they they've been ganging up on yeah, Curtis all season.
3: At uh, Pan Am's? right? They like had some weird stuff going on. I saw with like Scott trying to go off the front and then... right curtis would chase or whatever and then eric won
0: but. some road tactics yeah. there
3: yeah i don't think so i'm i think
4: curtis and eric are strong enough to where they probably don't need the help
0: this is you gonna know, be, be a cool hard to course see that happen, yeah. but
3: it'd be a hard course to do that on yeah yeah
0: this there's, there's not much drafting as as far as just like those frozen ruts out there will skip you around enough the muddy ruts the three times up the hill where you're running if you can stay with people it's just going to be one or two you're not going to be with that many people that's my prediction is this going to be blown apart not one of those races that everybody's going to be together
4: yeah i'd agree with that i think i think you come off the pavement there's a bunch of a bunch of turns and straightaways but then you hit that that wall section with all the off camera and all the running I think
1: that alone is going to create some, yeah. some separation between riders right off the bat. Because yeah. we, we've got a difference of what Gus's race is going to be—definitely frozen ruts. To you, yeah. Yeah. you guys, is yeah. definitely probably going to be more of a softened mud a little bit. Yeah. yeah, we've been talking about that all. Even when we just
4: did our pre-rat at eleven, that's eleven. It's like a That's going to be time. pretty close yeah. to Hannah's conditions. She races at twelve thirty tomorrow, but I don't race till two thirty. So, like, think of how how much more thought out it's going to be and muddy yeah i'm it's like all we've been talking about today is like man i wonder what it's going to be like so i think the the plan is right after we get off this podcast at least me i'm going to go and watch some of these upcoming races to really kind of see how the course changes because i don't get to ride the course at 230 right when i race to kind of practice those conditions so uh yeah, I think tomorrow I think we're gonna take advantage of the pre rides tomorrow. But there's also I think there's not an I there's a pre ride like right after the women's. What? Is there something funny happening? No. <laughs> there's a pre ride right after the women's race. Which isn't ideal for my race because then I'm like pre riding and then getting straight onto the trainer to warm up. But I think I am gonna do that because I think it would be worth seeing the
3: course the course conditions
4: before my race. But
3: Yeah. For me, it's, like, you kind of just got to go out there, wake up early. <laughs> like, I race at 8 in the morning, so kind of just kind of, mm-hmm. like, no matter, like, today was just, like, trying to get familiar with the course, but then tomorrow, like, I don't even know if I'm going to do a lap before my race just because it's, like... It's going to be dark. It's, yeah, it's going to be dark. you have to have lights. Yeah, you'd have to have a light, and it's going to be so cold. Like, I think when I'm racing, it's going to be, like, 28 or something, and, like, that's just, like, the actual
1: temperature. That's not the feel, so... Probably be really cold. Because I've been hearing from a lot of people that supposedly, you know, everyone's looking out in the women's race of obviously Raylan, Clara, Austin, but I think it's safe to say that Hannah's kind of a dark horse for tomorrow. Agreed. Yeah. Maybe the biggest dark horse.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say a dark horse, I'd say a flaming ball fire. Our kids, have you seen them? <laughs> All right,
4: right. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah.
0: But we'll see. we'll see.
4: I think the sloppier the better for Hannah.
0: Dude, it's a, such a good time out there right now.
4: Yeah, I think it's gonna be good for her. If it's, it's a lot of fun. Like if it just starts to thaw and get slick like slick, I think I think she's got a good shot.
1: Yeah, I think it's safe to say that it's it's not a real good elite nationals without a little bit of mud. Like yeah. I was even noticing on Thursday when I was out here, it was the grass was all gone, the yeah. ruts were just starting to, but it's kind of started slowly drying out yesterday. Mm-hmm. But definitely the fact that everything froze over this morning definitely has helped with the fact that hopefully the mud will slowly dissipate tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was texting people all week and they were like, "Mud, it's so muddy," but
4: but multiple people told me, "Oh, it's going to dry out by Sunday," and I'm like, "Today is Saturday."
1: and it was not dried out so i'm thinking (laughs) it's gonna be pretty muddy tomorrow everyone's kind of looking at the chance that there might be a little bit of afternoon snow tomorrow yeah
0: dude let's go too bad it's afternoon yeah i think it's gonna be 11 after the racing 11 11 a.m you
3: want to race in the snow yes dude that's how it
0: was last time we raced this course uh
3: -uh. no thanks
0: granted you do have to like chill out a lot more
3: yeah it's like a hospital
1: to happen.
0: <laughs> I didn't mention the part about me flipping over the handlebar six times during that race. Yeah. but it was a great time.
1: What currently gets you stoked on bicycles? Forgot about this question. <laughs> oh, dear. You guys can go first.
3: <laughs> uh, I got to think. You go.
0: I like, think we all have to think at this point. What right? gets us Just stoked? Give us on like spokes?
3: I think the I think skill like doing skilled things like that kind of stuff like gets me the most stoked just because that's like when you're having the most fun but yeah racing's fun too when you're like in a good spot but yeah i, I just love like the skill rides and mountain biking is probably like my favorite thing to do for fun but that's that's my favorite thing but yeah all right i get a little sentimental here man should we get all like I, tissues if you if
4: you just ask me what i'm stoked on generally i'm just gonna say my kid like i love my kid so much and she is like she only needs to grow another inch and she's on that strider bike oh dude i just put her on her that i just put it put her on it this week and she can stand with her legs fully extended but she can't walk oh man maybe in a couple weeks just get her some heels yeah i'm stoked on her and 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 hopefully seeing her like ripping around on that strider bike but then in in two weeks me and, and her and cj are headed over to europe for the christmas block so that'd be fun i'm pretty sure cj is like five times more excited about that trip than i am she is so excited to go to europe she's never been out of the country so she's super excited obviously the kid has no idea what's going on but uh it should be fun i'm excited to go and race but i've been over there to race before plenty of times but doing it with my family is gonna be definitely like a very memorable experience so i'm I'm excited about that
0: I think I'd agree with Gus. I get really stoked when things get a little sloppy and messy out there. It it reminds me of the good times of, of training with my coach and my sister and all the all the people from back home and just like oh man, it's just it's a good time. It's like one of the things I loved about it when I got into it as a kid and I never I never really lost that uh, love yeah, it's always And it's always always also really fun when you get to have some people that who come and cheer you on. But uh, yeah, no, like conditions like this, when the course is like a big question mark as to where the conditions are going to be, that's when cross happens.
4: Yeah, to their point on the whole technical and skills side, you know, like in Europe they have had that that famous forest that all the Euro's going to train in, and Curtis has his little sand dune that J-Pow yeah. discovered, whatever, somewhere up here in the New England. I don't know, I've never been there. <laughs> I discovered this place a couple miles from my house. Yeah. I'm gonna call it the Brickyard. And it's like, oh, it, I'm gonna do a couple no. videos back there or something, but it is rad. It's an abandoned brick factory. But there's like like miles of dirt bike trails behind the factory that I've heard about, but I never knew that it was so, there's miles of it. And I'm like, and there's this huge hill just straight up and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm gonna that's like spin hill on steroids. It's like so awesome. If you've seen like all the juniors post their videos of the spin hill where they have to try to ride up a really steep hill I'm like, oh man, this has got some real potential. If I if I can figure out how to like to not flat my tires on all the bricks that are in the ground. But
1: <laughs> it's pretty sweet. And I will say lastly, um, I feel like I've kind of gotten Assimilated into the team because i'm the person that feeds your, your mechanic yes whenever i'm around the race and, <laughs> thank you and oh I, thank I, you i've adored kevin for years he's a he's a great guy and i know when he's got to pit three races and within a three-hour block he uh-huh. forgets to eat sometimes yes. so, yeah
4: he hasn't quite figured out calories time. out calories in. you know he's putting out a lot of calories on yeah. those days you gotta make sure got some calories going in as well <laughs>
0: he's truly the best he makes it so that the rest of us can get out of the cold wet clothes right after our race and he stays he stays in his cold wet clothes a little bit longer so we can get out of ours so we really appreciate him
1: yeah he's awesome
0: and all the peace of mind too before the race like getting making sure things are dialed
1: well thanks for joining me today any last words thank you yeah, thank you. Thank you.
4: Yeah, thanks to all the people who have made this season happen for all of us. I think we're
1: all just super grateful. What did you, what'd you think of today's race? How did it kind of play out in your head?
0: I honestly did not think I was anywhere close to the podium when we came around for the first lap. I genuinely thought I was maybe top 10. I thought I was outside the top five. I was with Georgia Gool. She was really cool. I haven't, haven't seen her at a race in a while, and so I was like, yeah, she was always one of those ones. I was like, man, I want to be like her one day. I couldn't believe it when I heard somebody telling Georgia that she was fifth, and she was ahead of me, and there was one more girl right ahead of her, and we were in a row, and I was like, wait, then that means if I get past these two girls, then I'll be in fourth. Wait, what? Really? And so I was like, oh, I'm actually in the race. (laughs) And so I was like, it, it was like a shot in the arm, it was just right then, I was like, okay, well. All right, just uh, you know, ride the corner smooth, and I did that, and all of a sudden the gaps opened. I, it was almost like in a dream, like just like I don't, I don't know what's, like I found the lines that the tires stuck and they were sliding out, and and I wasn't. And suddenly gaps formed, and Austin started coming closer and closer back to me, and then I kind of I caught him, and then I uh, finally passed him, and I I <laughs> I think I went a little hard and. I was trying to ride the grass line right next to the tape, and I tagged the tape and flipped myself into the tape, and so then went sideways on the course. He kind of hit my back wheel, and so I was, like, you know, scrambling, get back my, back on my bike, and finally catch him again, and then I tagged the course tape again after I'd passed him again. I was like, ah, all right, fine. You just calm down. <laughs> and then I was, like, riding, riding, caught back up, and went through the run-up and everything, and was able to, like, get traction on the off-camber, it seemed like he wanted to run everything, so it was like, okay. I just like try to, you know, negotiate around, and then it did end up getting tangled up a little bit. I guess he was crossing as far wide as he could, and then I was already wide, so he kind of ran into me. <laughs> but I was stayed on the bike and then got by him. He has more power, so he just kind of motored on, and then I caught back up in another technical, doing fine. And when I went to go get a new bike, because my tread was all getting muddied, I was like... Oh, I'll just do the the more rut, frozen rut pit side, you know, pit two. Didn't realize there's some deep ruts over there. So, for the third time, I met the barrier tape in the ground right in front of my pit crew, too. They were just like, oh, that's not good. And I was like, oh, bye, Austin. Bye, Jenna. Bye, Caitlin. Bye, Anna. And so, all four of those people go by. And I was like, well, all right, here we go again. Only like a lap and a half left to go, so I was just like, "All right, head down, calm down, just, just, just ride." So I rode. God gave my tires more traction. The fresh bike helped. Fresh pedals that weren't clogged with mud helped. Yeah, I, I can't say enough. Like it just almost felt like a dream because it was like perfect form. And I thank my coach for that. I was felt great out there. Caught Caitlin. Caught Anna. Caught Jenna, and caught back up to Austin. And he put in one more attack, so up the road, closed it down a little bit, wasn't able to quite make the connection again for before the finish, you know, being a more powerful rider, Austin being a more powerful rider, I knew that I had to be ahead going into the start straight, and I was a couple of bike links behind, so when we hit, it was just like a rocket, Austin was just gone, but I was, you know, sprinting as hard as I could, and I think I was pretty, pretty well worn out afterwards. Yeah
1: it was definitely a race of mistakes everyone was making mistakes it's it's kind of hard not to with the way the conditions were but like you said it just kind of eventually did play out that it you were able to get back up there
0: i'm very thankful for the race it was, it was a good nationals i was i was very very thankful for good traction i was very thankful for good form and all all the, the pit crew and my friends here my sister was here, my boyfriend Caleb was here, and they were all just like yelling and cheering. I'm pretty sure my sister did more distance than I did today, and she wasn't even racing. And then the pit crew being out there and I just like, uh, it was, you know, everything, it, it went really well. I knew I knew I was going to make some mistakes, and I was more pleased with the fact that I was able to come back with from them, and I just, you know, God gave me a good nationals as the, the legs headspace was there so i have nothing nothing to be disappointed about it's it's racing and it was it was a good day
1: all right so kevin you've talked before about how much you think of drew dillman can you elaborate on that
2: my first exposure with drew dillman was uh back in the revo devo days probably five years ago drew uh donated his time to give back to our local louisville cycling community and and from day one Drew always cares about the kids and giving back what he's learned through all his journeys in life and his coaching and his success and his failures. So just being around Drew and seeing him grow as a, a bike racer, a mentor, a dad, a husband, it, it's been an amazing journey to watch that. And and just his willingness to go above and beyond to support where cycling is going in the kids and and his team now just give him back and and his business model for what he's doing with ignition coaching you know he, he saw that there's a lot of pro athletes out here struggling to make ends meet and he created a coaching company that's basically taken pro riders given them the ability to be coaches to make some side income and I think it's a great business venture for him. The coaching has been great. Uh, Gus has been with Ignition for a while, and it's top-notch And what they do. It's second to none as far as a coaching, the foundation. And if he does anything to get more riders to have money coming in on something they love doing, I think it's great for the sport.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Stoked On Spokes podcast. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, rate us, and tell your friends about it. Check out our Patreon page for additional bonus content. And... Follow our Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on all the things we are working on. Until next time, just keep rolling.